Girl, let me tell you about your new favorite podcast presented by The Black Woman Social with your hosts, Nairiko and Adrian. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Girl, Let Me Tell You. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Black Woman Social, and that's woman, W-O-M-A-N. And be sure to visit our website, www.theblackwomansocial.com, where you can find various blog posts about manifesting 101, surviving your 20s, and dealing with loss. So today we have a special guest here with us, Jelani. How are you doing? Feeling good. Good. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Yep. Welcome. Happy to have you here. So how are things going? Tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't start off with marketing extraordinaire. That's, what? That's my intro. Oh, marketing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my intro for next time. Just for next time, you know. Okay. A resident market expert or something like that. You okay, know? I got you. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Oh, shoot. I, you know what? I don't have good podcast etiquette. All right, my phone, my, my phone, my ring is still on. I'm tripping. Yeah. Tisk, tisk, tisk. SMH. Fire. On another episode. Right. No new guests. No new guests. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to talk about how the world views Black women versus Black men. So I think we should just get straight into it. Um, So I just want to ask what, like, how do you think the world views Black men? Can I can I put an amendment on that just real quick? I yeah. Because I just thought of something that popped into my head. Did both of y'all see the? Um, I know Eureka and I, you and I talked about it. Oh. That video with the, the the boys down at Crown Heights jumping that um, that fifteen year old girl. Yeah. The, Did you see it, Adrian? Yeah. You saw it? Yeah. It was so many of them. Right. It was like thir- it was legit like thirteen of them. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. So, That's wild. So. I would be. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to indict yourself right now. <laughs> so that, it, kind of, it kind of relates to the, the question a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because like images like that get perpetuated. Right. And we talked about this. Like this, like the media being such a powerful avenue. Like it literally shapes the way we see ourselves mm-hmm. to some degree um and i think more importantly the way society views us because i guess like people tend to sh- tend to change the way they behave based on based on how they think others are going to view them right so when you see stuff like that that joint that joint hurt my heart yeah i'm a, i'm very disappointed and i feel like it doesn't look good on us like as a whole oh god like it doesn't help it really doesn't help absolutely how we're perceived absolutely not so when you see stuff like that like if i'm walking down crown heights and i got a hoodie on i got a, a hat on or something like that i'm i'm believing i'm getting viewed in that way like like a thug. He, he might he might he might like, roll out yeah this man is this man like, yeah like how they did trayvon essentially essentially and what's funny is like i feel like at least where i'm where i'm, where I'm from we had the opposite reaction to wearing hoodies when, when that stuff happened with Trayvon. Mm-hmm. We threw our hoodies up mm-hmm. in solidarity. Like, I mean, I guess you don't have to kill us all, right? Right. Um, 
I'm sorry, that was off the good. That was off. That was no, off but it makes rip. sense. No, so yeah, it's good info. Yeah. So are you saying that you feel like black men are like people fear you guys, or what? What do you think? How do you think you guys are viewed? And how are you portrayed in the media? <laughs> What's the heck? The more I thought about that, like we, you and I talked about this a couple of times. The more I think about it, there's just so many layers to it, right? Right. Um, the way that, well, the way that we're viewed in the media is, I think they use not only black men, black men, but they use black people as clickbait, mm-hmm. and that frustrates the hell out of me. Um, mm-hmm. So when something tragic happens to somebody black in the media, if it's if it's helpful to the narrative, what they do is say black men killed by white cop, right? It's not kid got killed by white cop. It's black male got killed by white cop. So we, yeah. so we get used for clickbait. And then the way that I think, the way I think black men viewed in, are viewed in particular is I think we're dangerous on a couple different fronts. But we're dangerous in that they think we might hurt them. And that I think they're scared of what we do if we actually unionize, if we actually come together. And build mm-hmm. together. I think they they're I agree. scared as hell of that. I definitely agree. And I think that also plays into like like why we have the prison industrial complex as well. Because you know they say that like prison is the new slavery, mm-hmm. and so I think that's like a major like everything that happened in our communities. I think it was like very well designed so that we wouldn't like unionize because there we are so powerful if we like stick together. And so I think that like our government and other like parties and other um, like, um, yeah, other parties and things like that, like they did things on purpose so that we wouldn't be like a strong community. Mm. And like we're seeing the effects of that now, I feel like. I feel like black men are viewed as more of like a commodity. And I say that because I feel like, yes, you guys, yes, people fear you, but there's other people who, like, see you guys as something that can, like, provide for them. So, for instance, when it comes to sports, like, most athletes are African-American, and we have, like, you guys have a lot of, like, physical attributes that, like, make you great athletes. And I feel like, so, for example, like, O.J. Simpson, like, all the white people loved him why he's a great athlete do Mm -hmm. you think that if he wasn't an athlete they'd be like oj simpson oj simpson probably not Mm -hmm. it's definitely not it might be that our worth is because the people you're explaining like oj simpson athletes in general you can go straight down to hip-hop in the music industry the 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 type of industries you're talking about Mm -hmm. are two of the most profitable industries in entertainment and Mm -hmm. black people are the greatest entertainers in the history of mankind exactly but it's attached to a dollar sign at the end Mm -hmm. of the day so So you guys can make them money right our value is attached to how well we can do in the free market like that's that's where our value is attached but also what i think when it comes to like women like finding a partner I think that black men are the most desired because again, the physical attributes, the skin, the hair, the, like the lips, like the, the face rumors. structure. Yeah. The rumors yeah, that we all know about, but we're not going to discuss. But no, I'm weak. Like, I feel like, <laughs> but I also feel like it's kind of double-sided because 
like yes um black men are the most desired but i also feel like sometimes they're just seen as like a phase or like just fun and then it's like i'm not really like gonna take you home to my parents or marry you but like i want you you know i want all the benefits of with what you come with like while i'm in my 20s or like while i'm in college or you know stuff like that or like dating an athlete but it's like this isn't really that's not really who you see right. yourself being but i think it's, it's the just same like more for the women. look i think it's the same with black you women so? like well guys will like be with a black woman just to say oh yeah i was with a black girl we're in novelty <laughs> i think it's just like on on both fronts we're a novelty right like we we're but used as a I means feel like to for an what, black women go ahead sorry yeah but i feel like for black women it it all like it all depends but i feel like it's more with black men that it seems like of value i feel like with black women it's more like they want to like um date you behind closed doors mm-hmm. or it's just like weird it's to, like a secret you know thing. it's just like it would yeah it would be weird for them to like publicly acknowledge that they're dating you because of like all the negative things stereotypes and stigmas that come with like black women that's so funny i it, agree with her that, yeah yeah i feel like i feel like like liking a black girl is like a secret thing and they wouldn't do it in the open interesting that's so yeah. I, I don't know i i went i guess and this is what you kind of spoke about before like this stuff kind of shaping um like history kind of shaping how you how you view these things i went to mm-hmm. a really diverse college mm-hmm. so it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't uncommon to see some white dude or some even some like middle eastern dude hugged up with a, with a black girl mm-hmm. that wasn't that wasn't uncommon so um, I guess it also depends on where you grew up. Growing up in New York, like that's that's light to us. Like that's nothing. Yeah. Um, we, we might make a yeah. Here and there. <laughs> you know, but what you said? She said yeah. Yeah. No, I was just saying that's so funny that you say that because like me and Irico, we went to like high school and college in Arizona, and so it's very different out here. And I've noticed just like from coast to coast, like not even in Arizona, but just like. A West Coast thing versus an East Coast thing versus a South thing. Like how Black women are viewed in each of those places is very different, and you feel the difference. Right. Yeah, definitely because of the. It's probably like an ancestral thing, right? The mm-hmm. people that grew up in that area, their parents grew up a certain way, and their parents' parents grew up a certain way. So that's just sort of like passed down. And in New York, we really, I guess in New York. Everybody's mixed with everybody. Right. <laughs> it's a big melting pot. Like that's why here they actually what you mix with so much mm-hmm. here. Cause like they because we just we all just getting together. We ain't really we ain't really tripping off all that right that extra stuff. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like out west, um, like different minority not even minority groups, but just different races. <laughs> it's like way easier for them to be separated versus like in New York, you know, everybody, it's such a small city with so many people. So everybody has to like basically live with everyone. Whereas out here, you literally have like black neighborhoods, white neighborhoods, the Mexican neighborhoods. And like, you have a little bit of mixing within each of them, but it's just like so different. We didn't like get that melting pot, like like New York did. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. just curious to know, Jelani, like, how do you think Black women are viewed? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Put me under pressure here. All right, so there's, 
it, it depends. Okay. I can only speak for myself. Let me preface it by saying that. I can only speak for my, myself and what I've viewed. Being from New York, in Brooklyn in particular, mm-hmm. shout, out to everybody. <laughs> shout out to everybody listening from Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> we love you. That's just, that's just, that's just the, the truth of the matter, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we may not always have the best ways of expressing that. Mm-hmm. I will admit that <laughs> when we scream up from across the street, yo, shorty, yeah, I get that. That might not be the best way <laughs> to express that. Um, or cheating <laughs> on you consistently. Uh, that also might not be the best way to express it. I hit a soft spot then. I love it. So, yeah, we may not have the best ways of expressing it. And that might be, again, uh, based on stuff you experience in your life, the way your relationship is with your mama, the women in your life, what have you. But from what I've experienced, from the black male perspective, we love y'all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, I will say that I have seen, I've, had, I've heard from friends that are in other states that they, that may not be the case. Um, oh, yep, okay. Hello! <laughs> you being one of them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Jesus, How, is it that bad in Arizona? Yet? Honestly, it's real. It's just interesting that you say we love y'all, and I believe that. Yeah. But then, from my personal experience, it's just like I never felt that mm. because in Arizona, as Adrian may know, yeah. like, like black guys diss us. Like black yeah. guys literally diss black women, mm. and it's not like mm-hmm. it's okay to have a preference. Say you prefer, you know, Latino or white women. That's fine. Like, have your preference. But while they're, like, having their preference, they'll be like, I don't like black girls because you guys are loud and your hair is nappy and you're ghetto. And it's just like, really? Because I don't think I fall under any of those. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's just like, wow, like, could you say all of this in front of your black mother? Right. Their mom's black. Their That's grandma's my black, thing. Their sister's black. Their cousin's black. Yeah. Like, when you go to your family reunion, black, black, black. So, like, you have all this negative stuff to say. <laughs> but it's like, why can't you just have your preference and be respectful? I know it's real. You could not like black girls and mm-hmm. still be respectful. I know it's real because you started clapping. Like, <laughs> you started getting real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember seeing this one tweet on Twitter, and this guy, he was Mexican, and he was like, "Like, I think I'm starting to like black girls, or like black girls have been starting to be cute to me." And then, like under it, it was just so many comments of people being like, "Ill, ill, like what? Like, dude, stop drinking, stop the drugs, like, right? Like, why like, is what? it so okay? Like, I don't understand." And you know, another thing that's very irritating is guys will say, "I don't like black girls because they have attitudes," okay, and it's like. Because we have negative. I love Latinas because their attitudes are sexy. What's the difference? <laughs> what is the difference? Yeah. Like when it's a Latina, they'll be like, ooh, she's so spicy, so fiery. <laughs> but when it's us, it's like, she's a rat shit. She don't know how to act. <laughs> like, I'm calm down. So <laughs> our, pers- our perspective of it is a little bit different, I think, based like where we came from. Yeah. So I, I'll, allow me to play. Allow me to play devil's advocate. <laughs> I ain't advocating too hard, but I'm gonna I'm just give the other side just for the, the just for the sake of content, right? <laughs> um, yeah. What if? All right. So what if a, a a guy? Oh wait, no. I don't even have to really um, go far for the example. Remember, I was telling you about uh, what the hell is her name? I it's the the woman that fixed people's life. Ayala or something Ayala, like that. Yeah. Whatever. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> 
Iguana changed my life. Um, Iguana. She, she was. <laughs> she she was talking to a group of black men, and I'm gonna butcher this a little bit, but I'm pretty sure I'm like at least 85% right on this. She was talking to black men that preferred not to deal with black women, and he said, you know, one of the guys had said, um, "Damn, what did he say?" He said. Oh, I can't. Oh, no. He started talking about his experience with like getting cheated on. So he was in like three different relationships with black women and he got cheated on in each one of those relationships. Now, granted, had he taken a, a look black at- women don't cheat. Wait, <laughs> first of all, her, we gonna get to that. Black women don't cheat. <laughs> we gonna get to that. that but, but she, but he got cheated on like three times. Now, granted, he could have been introspective and just been like, you know what, maybe I'm doing something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not them, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe yeah. I'm picking the wrong women, right? Mm-hmm. He went completely left with it and said, you know what, it must be the skin color. Let me go in another direction, <laughs> right. right? Which makes absolutely no sense, right? But what I was telling you, I was telling you about this yesterday, mm-hmm. that there may be an added expectation on both ends that if a black man gets with a black woman and a black woman cheats on him, it's not as bad as if somebody from another race cheats because the expectation is, why would my queen do this to me, mm-hmm. right? We both from the motherland. Why would you do this to me, right? And it's probably that same way with a black, a black woman getting cheated on by a black man, right? Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is that it might be an experience thing. No excuse to, to, to pull out the, the N-word, nappy. No, no excuse to drop the N-word on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a little, little devil, devil's advocate. Feel free to respond to that. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like nothing. Uh, the major things I can take away from that are, number one, black women do not cheat. I don't know what type, <laughs> type of stories this man was making up, but right. woo, I'm not explaining. But I mean, that, that speaks to um, just bringing on things you dealt with in your past relationships moving on forward like you really have to heal in order to move forward because I feel like you know he was cheated on by three black women so now every time he sees a black woman he's just like oh she's a cheater whereas like he didn't go to the root of the problem uh it could have been him it could have been her it could have just been I don't know but three women cheated on you sir you might want to look within yeah, but that's just got another P- episode. He got, P- he got PTSD. He got PTSD. PTSD. Every time I see a black woman, right. oh, oh my God. You just start getting, he getting anxiety attacks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like I've been cheated on by black men, Asian men, Spanish men. Wait, you saying like, you I have? I just feel like cheating. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, so I don't look at any of those races and be like, oh, they're more prone to cheating. I just think cheating is something, you know, a person decides to do. I wouldn't ever, you know, look at a person from a certain race and be like, oh, they cheat. They cheat. I'm not going to date them. Can we talk about the same black men don't cheat? Yeah. Because yeah, they yeah. definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's that's a true statement. That's a that's a it's a law, actually, that we passed. <laughs> a law? Yeah. Oh, you guys. A law. Sir, I'd like to see what article and clause that is in. Well, um, don't get them started. Well, I, I, well, I, uh, well here's, the, here's the thing, Adrian. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know what's going on. So, uh, the Black Congregation, we, uh, we met, we met at an undisclosed location. I could even get persecuted for even bringing this up. Um, but I want to get this across. Oh my God. 
for you and 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 your listeners that the black <laughs> congregation has met right this was about a year ago it took some time for this law to get enacted but it did um it's article 76c dash 72 no of the black male handbook you don't have a copy of it don't even look no. and we met i was there um a lot of people was there. it was great like jay-z was there um <laughs> Uh, Tiger was there. <laughs> Safari. It was great. Like, We're just like, gonna um, ignore all of Lemonade, right? Exactly. Well, here's the thing. That's <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. He's the one that that really got the ball started. You know, Jay being a real big member of that of the Black Male Congregation, like he got the whole thing started. And um, yeah, we passed the law. But the thing is, is that when we say Black men don't cheat, right? It's you have to read the fine print. We say men, Ooh. as in any man, right? That ide- any identifying man, because you know, for our, um, I don't know how to the LGBTQ community, whoever identifies as a male and as a black male at that, mm-hmm. right? You don't, you you don't cheat, right? But the it says man, it sa- never says that a boy can't cheat. So it says that if you are oh! acting immaturely, right? If you're acting immaturely, and you carry on in actions that would disrespect your queen you are now considered a boy therefore you are not breaking the <laughs> number one law that we just instituted that black men don't cheat thank you very much i'll see you guys later <laughs> <laughs> wow and see. <laughs> just so you know so now that now moving forward you know that when you get up when you get with your next black male like you know he is not there's no way for him to cheat if he's a real man so she's right. not well, a real man. We are... heard it here first. Right. <laughs> well, now that we're on the subject of Black men, I want to ask, like, do you guys feel that there's any, um, not that there's any difference. Okay, let me reframe this question. Go ahead. Do, do you think that the way we're portrayed in media affects how we see each other? Or do you think it's the other way around? Well, I... <clears throat> I don't know. I was going to say that I feel like in media, and I'm speaking in terms of like movies and TV shows, I feel like Black men are viewed more positively in those aspects than Black women. And why do you say that? Because I feel like on TV, like for Black women, we're always the stereotype. Mm hmm. I feel you because, um, like, recently a lot of people have been bringing up, you know, Gina and Pam on Martin and things like that. It's just, like, it's always the the darker-skinned woman being, like, the aggressor or the butt of all the jokes yeah. or, like, the one with the attitude all the time and then the light-skinned one just being, like, on a pedestal. Yeah. Or, like, even in movies, like, you hardly ever see, like, uh, a dark-skinned Black man with another dark-skinned Black woman. Uh-huh. Um, it's always like a lighter woman, darker man, or just the woman not being black at all. And you know, like Denzel Washington, he actually, I think there's only one movie with him where he doesn't have a, a scene with a black woman. He like made that a point mm-hmm. in his acting career to only <laughs> make love scenes with black women. And I think like that's dope, you know, because he realized that that was not being done in popular media. Yeah. One uh, mm-hmm. one point that Jelani brought up yesterday was that um, 
shows like the Cosby, the Cosby, uh, what is it? <laughs> the Cosby Show. It was just called the Cosby, the Cosby Show. Show and um, Fresh Prince, like how it put in Martin, like how it portrayed like black families and like more of like a modern, like positive, like regular family, like lifestyle. And then we have shows like Love and Hip Hop who like don't help us at all. I, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to amend that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there has to be a balance, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm not mad that love and hip hop exists. I just think that there needs to be a balance. But then that, I like, I also have two minds about that because it's also like a consumer thing. Because mm-hmm. it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I always say it's not their fault for selling, it's our fault for buying. And mm-hmm. I, I, I sincerely believe that. And one of, one of the things we talked about yesterday was in media, having, it's so important for us to have representation, not just on TV but behind the scenes that could tell our story in a real way. Because I think you could get misconstrued, like an identity, somebody's perception of black culture and black people can be misconstrued because of seeing stuff like what we kind of opened with the the black kids jumping this black woman, right? Mm. And um, there's, there's maybe a black girl out here or even like a girl that might go to that school to say, yo, like, Black boys really don't, they don't care about us. Mm -hmm. Like, they really don't care about us. And that narrative is perpetuated partly by us, but we have to step in. People, people, uh, Black people that are in the power to actually do it need to step in into mainstream um, positions and be able to at least explain it, not excuse it, Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. you can act, so so the narrative, so it's not left to, people aren't left to their devices to assume that onto us. Like, you guys are all yeah. like this. You're a hooligan mm-hmm. because I saw it here. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I, I actually appreciate both the Cosby Show and Love and Hip Hop because up until the Cosby Show, I mean, let me think of the shows that came before. That. Like, um, what was the one with Flo Evans? Good Times? Good Times. Good Times. <laughs> Um, I just feel like, like back then, you know, it was like happy, good, positive black families. It was still realistic because, like, in good times they struggled, whereas in the Cosby's, you know, they were both successful, and I think that was very important because before the Cosby's, you know, people might have just thought as black people as like only living in inner cities, only struggling, mm-hmm. um, not having like any good education. And then you see something as the Cosby's and you're like, wow, like there's black people like this. And my mom told me that when she joined the army, that was some people's only time that they've seen black people on the Cosby mm-hmm. show. Interesting. And so I think it is important that we do, there's people like that to this day in 2020 who have never come into contact with an actual black person. So I think that it is important that how we are portrayed in media is, is not just in one way. We do need those different avenues to show you that we can be all of these things, not just one of them. Yeah. Balance of righteous and ratchet. Yeah. Yeah. We need that. <laughs> righteous and ratchet. I like that. <laughs> no, we need that. Yeah. What else is on But there? um relating to the video of the girl being jumped, we're gonna play like a little bit of role reversal right now. So if that was a black boy being jumped like that, do you think that that situation would have gone down the same? 
You mean like, like do you think bystanders like, you... or like anybody else would have come and tried to help, or do you think it would have been the same uh, results as we saw in the video? Here we go. I like. I think as far as the media, like people would think it was funny, mm-hmm. and I think that the guy would probably get a lot of um, people would troll him probably, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that people would see it as bad. Like they would think, mm-hmm. what did he do? What did he do to them? Yeah, that I I don't even have to imagine. Mm-hmm. I've seen that over and over and over and over again. I've seen that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. And it's always you can always find an excuse for it when it's a when it's a boy, and especially if it's boys jumping boys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's real. Easy. It's just like the boys will be boys saying, right? You know, like it's just people just see it as oh that's what boys do, and then like someone ends up seriously injured or dead, and it's like oh my gosh, like it's just an uproar. But it's like there's always ways that we can prevent things like that from happening. Oh. Um. So, like, from you guys' personal experiences, do have you seen, like, in your own life the way that Black men and Black women are, like, treated differently? Um, it, like, within your, own communi- within your own communities and everything. Like, not just, like, within the world, but in your own communities. I, I'll... Mm, I don't know if we're treated the same, but that might be more of a men-women thing. Mm-hmm. Um, than mm-hmm. it is a black thing. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on the space because then I could, I could always say I could go on two different fronts, right? I could be like, damn, mm-hmm. ladies in free before 12, what about us? <laughs> well, that's because, <laughs> yeah. that's because women bring the men. Right, but there's like, I think that we're being used. My point is, that, my point is, is but we that, benefit from it because we don't have to pay. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, like men don't mind paying for dinner because especially if the women don't mind, I'm gonna end it here. But coming back to the crib and blah 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 blah, right? Because that's kind of that's kind of the that's like an understood. Why is the world like this? Right, but it's, it's, right. It's somewhat of an understood exchange to yeah. some degree, even if it's just like, uh, I'll pay for dinner because I enjoy your company so much. Right, right. Like chivalry, we don't mind doing that for women that we really appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's privilege in being a woman, but there's also a lot of privilege in being a male because then we probably dominate. I, I don't got no statistics in front of me, but I can probably safely say that we dominate in the in the in a workspace because uh, employers are hesitant to hire women because of fear of them getting pregnant and needing time off. Yeah. That's discrimination. Of course it is. Of course it is. It's absolutely discrimination. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of a business owner admitting to not even hiring attractive women because it like gets in the way of work. Absolutely. It would get in the way. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, you could be qualified and because you're attractive, not get a job. Right. Or not get a job because you're not attractive. Yeah. Exactly. See, being a woman's tough. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Black women, I feel like we're very powerful and resilient. resilient yep. And independent. And I think that most people are intimidated by that. Yeah. And I think that, like, when it comes to Black women, what a lot of people don't realize is that we, like, when you, when you talk about 
um like the social hierarchy black women are literally like on the bottom of the total pole because we are black and we are women and we live in a patriarchal society so men are already held to like a higher standard they're already above and so I think that you know sometimes in our own community where the frustrations come from as black women it's like we have to we have to like fight the world and then we have to come home in our own communities and fight y'all right and it's just like why we just want y'all to have our back like defend us because I feel like you know whenever there's anything that happens within our community like women are always on the front lines like we're making posters we're going out to rallies we're, we're defending you behind your backs where you don't even know you're being talked about. And just from what I viewed in my own personal like life, um, when those same opportunities are presented to Black men, it's just like very quiet. And that's hurtful to us. <laughs> yes, Adrian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let y'all have that real quick. I'm just, I'm just gonna let it, I'm gonna, You're going to let that marinate? I'm going to let that marinate. Yeah, let it marinate. Yeah. I'm going to let the yes and all that curl. <laughs> And it's just, it's it's like every other race protects their own. And then you see us and we're like on the, on the internet and in real life, like going back and forth against each other. And other people are probably looking at us like, and that's why other people think it's okay to disrespect us as well, I think, because they don't see us, you know, defending each other. So literally it's just like a free for all, I feel like on our, on our people sometimes. And that's why I say it's important to have the balance, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. that balance of representation or balance of imagery is real important. Mm-hmm. While y'all was talking, I was trying to find this quote because I can't remember for the life of me um, the name, the, the actual quote. But y'all know the uh, like bad news travels around the world before um, like good news can even get shared once. Yeah. So it's something mm-hmm. like that, right? I think the I think um, you see more. Well, one 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 thing. All right, I'm all over the place. Let me bring it back. One, I think we have to we have to separate not only our one off experiences, but what we see on on um, in the media, social or otherwise. We have to separate that from like the general consensus, the general um, way that we that a culture kind of sees each other. Mm-hmm. I think there's way more unity than is than is actually viewed and i say that because i'm in a tech space and having black people in that space is super important to me and i see a ton of groups trying to push for not only black people in those spaces but black unity amongst those people within the space so it helps the next generation of black techs coming up right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so to me i don't identify with black separation I only identify with black unity. Mm-hmm. I told you a couple, mm-hmm. I told you yesterday it was, uh, um, I got approached by um, some uh, uh, fraternities, oh, by yeah, nine yeah. fraternities, right? Back when I was in college, right? I didn't want to join. It was no disrespect to them. But what I saw from them was black unity, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of the mentors that I have in my life are all black, are mostly black people. So I know a lot, I, I can resonate with black people trying to help each other. That's what right. I'm So I, I, try, <clears throat> I try to separate what, what the dominant narrative is from my actual, from what I've actually seen on a consistent level over the last, I've been, I'm gonna say about 12 years, right? And I think that's a big mm-hmm. enough sample size. So that's one. Um, number two, 
we love y'all. Like, we love y'all. For real. Like, in a genuine way. I, You know what it is? I think y'all, you guys are so much, I'm probably going to get flack for this. You guys are so much better than us that you expect the same from us. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You guys are brave enough. I, I say you guys are strong enough to pop a kid out, right? Yeah. Y'all go to work, then pop the kid out, then go back to work earlier than you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Still be healthy, eat your, drink your smoothies, and be vegan, right? <laughs> <laughs> lotion our kids up and make sure their hair is brushed. Lotion and get, yourself. And lotion. <laughs> keep yourself lathered. Um, <laughs> and get our kids to get get our kids to school on time, and get yourself to um to work on time, and start a business, and start and start a side hustle all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think y'all are expecting that from us, that superhuman abilities, and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say that it's difficult for some of my compa- <laughs> my, um, my my <laughs> my fellow men. It's yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, because we got stuff we deal with. We deal with a lot of anxiety, toxic max masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. Yo, yeah. we are such... I, I'm going off on a tangent right now. I don't mean to rant, but like... If any black men are listening to me, and if you ever listen to me in the future, please just take this one thing from me. Please stop being a follower. Please stop being a follower. Be a, be a leader, please. I'm begging you. I'm, I'm truly from the bottom of my heart begging you. I saw a young man on the corner somewhere in um in in Bedstar. I was driving through Bedstar, and it was cold as hell outside. I see two of his friends walk out the store, pants sagging. Me personally, I ain't got no problem with your pants sagging. I ain't got no problem with that. I grew up with that. Like I'm cool with that. But but <laughs> his two friends are sagging at an appropriate part. The third one, <laughs> no lie. His pants, Rico, I'm telling like his pants was underneath, you know, like where your, where your ass like at cuts. the bottom curves yeah. into your ass. Oh, it, I hate it that. was below that, right? Oh. And he had and, and he had nothing but boxes on, right? Underneath. It's not like he had long johns. You know, they be wearing long johns and stuff like that. He had boxes on. Mm-hmm. And you when, mm-hmm. and the thing is, his shirt didn't cover that. His shirt went up to the beginning of the underwear. So it was literally t-shirt all his business and then his pants and i'm like so no one no one wanted to tell you that you basically flashing he don't have a loving black woman in his life that that was the problem <laughs> and i was wondering about his parents i was worried about his mom. but my point is is that yeah. he don't even know why he's sagging his pants he just doing it because yeah. he want he want to be the, he want to be the saggiest of them all saggiest right he want to drop it the lowest it's like <laughs> It's just so disappointing when I see, like, I see my brothers walk in lockstep with things that don't matter. Right. Oh, my God. That frustrates the hell out of me. That's my, that's my soapbox for today. That's my soapbox for today. But um, to sum that up, we love y'all. I promise. Yeah. I promise we out there. You know? I promise. Mm-hmm. Black women listening. And I-, I promise. There's hope. There's hope. We love you guys. I do feel we huh? love we love black men. Uh, the whole world loves black men. You sure? I don't I don't know. Police don't love us. I, I definitely see I can definitely see how black men do not feel loved. I could see um, that. I think it all comes from fear. It. Like I think it's I think we're 
as a whole, the Black community, we're just so great in everything that we do. And we're very talented and very um, smart. And if we did come together, we could destroy them. Not really destroy them, but like, <laughs> you know. The system. Destroy the system. Yeah, we could. Um, yeah, and I feel that they know that and they fear it. Yeah. Because, like, if they didn't, like, why would why would we be kept at, like, a certain level? Yeah. Why would they try and stop yeah. us? Yeah, especially in the workplace. Like, why is there, like, a glass ceiling for us? Yeah. Like, why why are we not uh, allowed to make it to their level? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like with Black men, they feel a lot of pressure. And they also feel like they have to be, like, this super macho, strong man. And it's like, yes, you know, that's a nice part of it. But that's not all there is, you know? Like, you can vent. You can Cry. talk about the thing. Yeah, like, you can... You know, talk about that with your loved ones, and it's just um, like I don't want them to feel like too much pressure because you know we already get enough pressure from the weight of the world mm. just as being black people, and so it's like don't ever come home and feel like you can't talk to us. One thing um, I want to say, and I don't know if this uh, is gonna upset some black women, but I'm just gonna say uh-huh. it. I feel uh-huh. like sometimes we kind of have high expectations for black men mm-hmm. and um we expect them to be like as successful as us and make the same mm-hmm. amount of money as us and if they have like a mm-hmm. job that's not up to our standards we're just, we just write them off like if a guy is working yeah. construction we're like uh no nope you mm-hmm. need to be you need to be working at goldman sachs making <laughs> making six figures like no yeah yeah uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with having like standards but like I think if a guy is like willing to he has drive and amb- ambition like and he's not at the mm-hmm. level that you would like him to be but he has it in him I mm-hmm. think that we as women should be more open to like working yeah. with him instead of just by the do you think that that's, like, within our communities or just, like, in general as women who do that to men? I mean, I think everyone does that to men. But I feel like, I mean, us Black women, like, I think we do it a lot. Like, we're like, uh-uh, girl. He's, he doesn't work there. He, he, he does this and that. Like, uh-uh. Like, no. <laughs> he doesn't mm-hmm. have any money. Personal? <laughs> no, yeah, but person, no, not that. I'm going to play devil's advocate. That's what I'm going to do. So just like the guy, you know, who dated the three, the three black women who cheated on him. So now he associates black women with cheating. So what about the women who have all, you know, they've given the construction worker the chance, the UPS man, the chance, the FedEx man, the chance, and they all dogged out these women. So she's like, you know what, (laughs) instead of trying to like, instead of trying to work with him, I'm going to just get what I want, you know, like what I want from a man and stop trying to like help him or like build him up or work with him because at the end of the day as black people like I feel like we should know that it is harder for us out in the world just like job market anything like that so like I feel like it's never it's never like appropriate to knock to knock someone for like what they do unless they're just super out here not trying at all but also like you know what if these women have had negative experiences with um with that like what do you think about that i mean that's i mean that's realistic like that happens yeah. but i i honestly don't think there's like a right or wrong answer 
mm-hmm. because like yeah it's very situational yeah, it's very situational everyone's experience is different and people's like intentions are always different so mm-hmm. really no right or wrong answer what do you think no no Jelani what do you think are you stuck <laughs> yeah, nah, you, I don't know man this is where I, my mind be going all over the place because I be I, I'm thinking of like this like weird vicious cycle that we're in. As... No, yes, it's a vicious yeah. cycle, and it's, I was just telling Rico because we were talking a little bit just like uh, about this yesterday, you know, just to get some talking points, and I was like, it's crazy because I feel like all the things that we deal with in our community and just like in our day to day lives, it literally all leads back to slavery. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if more of us knew our history, that would help a lot within like bettering our community and just seeing the value within ourselves. Um, Cause I think that's like a lot of it as well. If you only, if you have no positive uh, like black leaders or anyone positive in your community who looks like you speaking positively about your community, all you're gonna see is what the media portrays you as. Right. And even though you're not trying to think of yourself as that, like you intern if you see the same images over and over, you internalize that. Like that's just how the human brain works. Yeah. And so I think that like a lot of uh black men and black women don't see value in themselves. And that leads to like so many other problems. I agree with that. I mm-hmm. and I say this because I actually when I was younger, I would whenever I'd pick a baby doll from the store, you know how they have the black baby and the white baby doll. I always as a kid, I always picked the white baby because I thought it looked better. And that's crazy because at that age, I didn't know. Nobody told me, oh, black is or white's better than black. Like, no one told me that. So I have no idea where that came from. But as a kid, like, subconsciously, I just thought that the white one. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Where did that come from? No one told me that. My parents never told me. I, I mean, I don't remember seeing anything in the media, but maybe because... I was surrounded by, I don't know. Maybe I the, don't know. Maybe the white doll literally was manufactured better. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it's like things like that. Like you you just pick up yeah. on all of this and you, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I found that so interesting because it's like I grew up kind of the total opposite. Like my family is very pro-black. Um, my mom told me like every day like you're so beautiful wow like I wish I had your skin or like look at your hair like stuff like that and it wasn't until like I had to leave the house and got into the world that I realized like wow like you know other people don't treat me the same or like see me as the same um so I feel like it it can go both ways you know yeah I I I, my man I'm about to get back on my soapbox again but um, (laughs) you're right we're stuck in like this weird cycle that we didn't start, but it's our responsibility to finish. Right. Exactly. Because I was, there's this Will, Will Smith was talking about this. He's like, it doesn't matter whose fault it is if it's your responsibility to fix it. Mm-hmm. So it's not your fault mm-hmm. somebody like broke up with you, but it's your responsibility to see how you, to figure out how you're going to make a life after that situation. I like that. And it's not our fault that, that we were um, stolen from Africa. It wasn't our fault, but it is for damn sure our responsibility to figure out how we as a culture can move forward. And that's why I get disappointed with people. I get disappointed with my people in general 
when we allow ourselves to be taken advantage of. When we, I, I, 2020 is the best time to be a black person. Mm-hmm. It's the best time. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely. And guess what? 2021 is going to be a better time. And 2022 is going to be a better time because it's constantly mm-hmm. going to improve. Right. Um, just from an opportunities perspective, again, I work in tech. So I look at these, I look at some of the opportunities that tech affords you. And I'm like, if only my brothers knew. If if only my brothers knew that they didn't have to rap. Like they didn't have to rap. <laughs> or sell drugs. They didn't have to sell drugs. They don't have to do this. So part of it is an education, right? Yes. Part, but I think the, the biggest component, and I told you this, Rico, I said, I don't when when all these all these uh uh these democratic um candidates are shucking and jiving for us, trying to trying to um dance for us and get and to, to shake out our black vote. <clears throat> Joe Biden. Yeah, right, right. Did, wait, did you see Tom Steyer with Juvenile dancing on stage? And then the next day, he yeah. dropped out of the race. <laughs> I was like, you really thought that was going to work? Know, I'm not going to lie. It gives me an extra an extra bit of joy seeing a white man, a white man trying to shuck and job. For, for the black people, man. Lord have mercy. Roll some... have the roles reversed. All, all, all he needed was some Popeyes. You know, eating the Popeye chicken sandwich. I'm down too. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but um, damn, what was my? What was like? <laughs> oh yeah. So the um yeah the Democratic um candidates they out here trying to buy trying to get our vote right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear nothing about reparations in a monetary form. We've gotten this. We've gotten this far without the money. Right. What I want to mm-hmm. see is mental health services for my people, because I can tell you from experience, being in the projects, that these people are suffering from. They're not the the problem. They think it's an economic issue, right? Right. Give them money and they'll be better. But no, mm-hmm. there is a mental burden that comes with being in a place where you're. You live here. Somebody's living above you. Somebody's living next to you on both sides. Of you somebody live under you, and there's like seven rows of of homes just on your floor, and there's like twenty floors mm-hmm. living in combined mm-hmm. in, in confined stations like that, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's everybody's poor. The the infrastructure is messed up. That yeah. takes a toll on your mental health. That I don't think money actually solves. Right. So so mm-hmm. infusing money into the situation is like giving someone with mental health issues a ton of money. It can't, it ain't going to lead nowhere good. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to lead nowhere good. You give us the mental health services for free, Black people, mental health services for life for free. And we'll figure out the rest. I promise you we'll figure out the rest. Man, I hear that. I saw this post and it was like, you don't think the kids who 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 by the time they're in middle school and high school have already lost like five friends, see people get shot, yep. see their own mothers like working and not being able to provide for them. They're like, you don't think they have PTSD yep. too? And it's just like, wow, like things like that, growing up in that environment, you are so right. It's like way deeper than money can fix. But I also think that it's mm, it's like both, both ways because some people, all they need is like extra a thousand dollars two thousand dollars a month to get out of their situation you know some people in the projects in the hood in the ghettos they have these big dreams and they have like 
no way of executing it or like you said um they don't know that they, you don't have to be a rapper or a ball player to like have all they know is hustle yeah but that's also like a part of the system as well because they do give our communities like the worst education system you could go up the block to a white neighborhood in their private school literally same district as these kids who can't even get new books um they're in the same area in the same country and are not receiving the same level of education they don't even know what a computer science is you know and so i think that's like a major problem as Mm -hmm. well because essentially you're like living in that type of environment you're just constantly going to feel stuck hopeless like what's the point of trying to make better for myself like i see all these people having jobs and still not being able to provide for their families like i'm gonna just go hit the block then or i'm gonna just go rob somebody and get this cash i need to eat tonight like it's all just like like what we were talking about like it's like a vicious cycle that's sad it's a vicious cycle and we and i think we play a major part in that i i the, mm-hmm. I, the, the pro- I don't have a problem with the cycle because the cycle mm-hmm. is what it is. Like, like racism is not going anywhere. Systemic racism. No. But we need to, we, we need to like realize the game, exactly. you know, like we need to like be, be more um, cognizant. Right. Of and we have to use the, the thing is, is that we have all the resources we need to get what we want. We have the money mm-hmm. in terms of collect as a collective, right. Mm-hmm. Our spending power. And we have, the votes and those mm-hmm. are those are the ways that legislation legislature gets changed so mm-hmm. i think that's the problem is that we don't actually we don't under, understand our own power and it's a crabs in the barrel mentality for sure here. that mm-hmm. you grow up in 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 those type of neighborhoods man we we so stupid we be, we be forming gangs that don't got <laughs> nothing to do with actual gangs right mm-hmm. it's like yeah these are just my group of friends this is now my gang Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we used to have them in high school. It used to be the, I, I thought it was the stupidest shit ever. I, I, <laughs> I used to really be like, could you explain to me the purpose of this? Like <laughs> you, ju- you, all of these people that you in a gang with right now were strangers three months ago. Mm-hmm. Why are we all now, yeah. like we all cutting our wrists and shaking hands, a blood bond now? Like, it's, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. What the hell are we doing this for? And that's so crazy, like how gang culture even started, because um, I have a lot of friends from L.A., you know, and so like they'll tell me stories of just like their old heads putting them on game of like how they literally form gangs to protect themselves against like police, other white people. Like that was the original right. thing. And like gang members have like always been violent, like America's inherently violent. Like it's just is what it is. But, like, you know, back in the day, gang members would like help out their community, whereas now it's just like like what where where is that leading us to and i was having a combo with my friend last night it's like i really i really need my people to understand that prison is the new slavery so that way we like stop going we stop doing things or maybe you know maybe when people like hear that and it gets in their minds they'll stop doing things that could possibly put them in those positions to go to jail or prison so it's just things like that it's just like what some people you know some people have like no means of finding out this information. And so sometimes I think it is our duty as like more educated people to pass down that information um, to our communities and to help them. And like, like you were saying, like 2020 is the best time to be a black person, like where there's more of us getting to the top, more of us uh, gaining money. And in this country, money is power. 
it's not every money is not everything by any means but money is power like don't ever forget that uh, people are going to listen to you more and like respects what you have to say more for some reason if you have like more zeros in your bank account it just is what it is so like when you know all of these things you can just because it's like not a good thing you can use it for good yeah so it's like you got to learn it you have to know the game to like play the game but you don't always have to play the game for your game like go help somebody yeah. like be that voice in the community that we need to hear and uplift people. we definitely need more of that yeah, yeah. and that's why we're here Yay. <laughs> yeah. to just spread the word entertain and, and be insightful right mm-hmm. there you go all right. Well, that was a any <laughs> any points uh, anyone wants to elaborate on or anything? No, I think that was great. What about you, Jelani? Yeah, I'm all good, man. Just, I just want my people to be great, man. I just want my people to be great. Um, I just want to leave leave everybody with a final note. I don't know if you heard <laughs> me the first time, but black men love black women. As a representative, <laughs> again from the uh, black male congregation. Um, we, they asked me to put this memo up. They said, they asked me, where are you going? I said, the Black Women Social. They said, fantastic. Here's the memo. Would you like me to read it? Sure. The, the memo says, <clears throat> we, the Black male congregation, would like to pass a message on to Rico and Adrian. And it follows. We all love Black women, no matter what the media says, no matter what the dusty men say, <laughs> no, the, the dusty say, no matter what the fuck boys say, sorry for dropping the F bomb there. Um, but no matter what they say, you are always special in our book and forever will be our queens. Thank you, signed the Black Male Congregation. Aww, ain't that sweet? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Lainey for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. That was a pleasure. Right. That was a great conversation. And for all of you listening, make sure that you're following us on Instagram at the Black Woman Social. That's W-O-M-A-N. And you will hear from us next week.